For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The passion for the world's beautiful game has never been stronger. And now there is one place to get all your insight, analysis, and hot topic discussion. Especially if you're a fan of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy, or their heated rival, LAFC. It's time to roll out the ball and kick things off here on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, former MLS goalkeeper Dan Kennedy and soccer broadcast veteran Mark Rogandino. It is time for another amazing week of LAFC, LA Galaxy, Major League Soccer content right here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. My name is Mark Rogandino, and as always, joined by my main man, uh, former MLS goalkeeper, UC Santa Barbara goalkeeper, Yorba Linda, California legend. You oh, know keep him going. as keep going. Dan the Man Kennedy. DK, <laughs> what is up? Rogues. Rogues, the shakeup of Major League Soccer. Um, that that's what's up, man. I'm glad. I'm I'm excited to have our uh, you know back by popular demand, no guest podcast for Week 11 here. Yeah, you know sometimes it's just good for just you and I to fly off the rails together, and um, that's exactly what we'll do for about the next 45 minutes. Uh, yeah, you you said it. Major League Soccer kind of. Uh, a little bit of a shakeup over the last uh, week and a half or so with two different coaches given their walking papers uh, first in Colorado with uh, coach coach Hudson and then obviously out in FC Cincinnati um, which of the two surprised you the most um, FC Cincinnati uh, Colorado has been a disaster uh well, they were a disaster last year. My my expectations with some of the signings that they had, Benny Fallheiber, Kai Kamara, was that they would come in and have a, a, a better or a more competitive um, stake in what was happening in the Western Conference. But uh, the gap just seems to be too too large for um, for their players. And and really, it's it's defensive. It's their back line, in my opinion. I think they're okay in midfield. I think they're okay going forward. And they just seem to be uh, a little bit weak defensively. And the problem is, is you, so you, as you stack seasons together that are poor, and I, I experienced this firsthand with Chivas USA, is if you get off to a poor start after a really bad 2018 season, then heads heads go down and the confidence is just is taking such a blow that guys stop believing that they can go and get get it done. You know, I think another name, in addition to Failhaber and Kai Kamara, you probably add into there is is a full season uh, in the Rocky Mountains for Kellen Acosta too. I like, I th- I thought that was going to be when when they made that trade last season to get him. I thought that was going to be something that was going to help them. And and again, I thought they were going to be a contender, not right. a team that's really going to a team that's really really going to struggle. Right. Kellen and Kellen is is such a versatile player. I mean, he he is. Uh, in the in, he 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 deservingly is in the U.S. men's national team pool, um, and and his versatility. I mean, this guy covers ground. He's not 
too different from from Tyler Adams, to be honest, um, from New York Red Bull, um, who's now in in Germany with with Red Bull. Um, he he just has a, a massive engine, great range, great passing ability. In fact, I think Kellen Acosta is probably um, a, maybe a little better passer than than Tyler. Uh, but it shows you uh, it, it takes more than than one player or three players to make a team. And, you know, I had questions um, surrounding uh, the, the hiring of, of their coach. Um, he, he didn't really seem to know much about Major League Soccer uh, and he didn't necessarily have um, amazing experience coming into this league and. Typically, the international we, we've touched on this before, Rogues, but the international coaches that do well in this league are those that have uh, have have either played in it um, or coached in, in uh, a support role before um, in the league. Yep. It's just the nuances. The it, it's strange, and you have to be able to get you have to be able to get something out of your um, domestic players. But the biggest thing is that these these coaches come in and they say, "Oh, okay, well, I can go sign," you know a couple TAM players um, that I can pay a million bucks. Well, I know a bunch of players I can go get for a million dollars. But the difference in in Major League Soccer is that a million-dollar player has to be a great performing player. It can't just be a a support or a a team guy. That's what you need your domestic players to be. And they've gotten their signings wrong for the past 18 months uh, when you look at international players. Hey, DK, no one could have been more wrong about Colorado than me. I picked them last week, if you recall, to win their first game, and they lost to <laughs> – wait for it, wait for it. They lost to the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, you know, one thing I would want to ask is I love me some Tim Howard. There's no question. Obviously, we both got love for the goalkeeper position, um, and, and I know that Tim has, has made it clear that this is kind of his swan song um, final season in Major League Soccer. Do you think it's a distraction, the fact that he jets away sometimes to go and join Bleacher Report and, and, and Turner and, and, you know, cover Champions League in the middle of an MLS season? Yeah, it's it's tricky. I mean, if the team was performing, you wouldn't you wouldn't question it. Uh, sure. But the, Absolutely. the from from, you know, where we sit and we're watching these champs games and 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 Tim may make an appearance. Um, then it, it is a bit weird. But the reality for me is, Rogues, that Tim's been a consummate professional his entire career. And, for sure. And he is training when he's in whatever city he's in. So it to me, and training can be, you know, you can go, okay, I, I got to travel on a Wednesday. And for a goalkeeper, it's not like you're worried about um, like jet lag holding holding you back so you say okay well i'm gonna go instead of having my off day on monday um and the team's off i'm gonna go in with uh, sharpie the goalkeeper coach there in in colorado and and do a a a light goalkeeper session to keep me sharp and then i'm gonna have a heavy load on tuesday a heavier load than than normal on tuesday and then wednesday i'm gonna go to the hotel uh, at the gym and hit a workout and I'm going to go do my TV stuff and then I'm going to fly back Wednesday night and I'm going to make training Thursday morning. So um, it's not as I, I think optically you're to your point. It, you you could ask questions, but um, my sense is that the way Tim goes about it, um, it's not impacting his performance. And I guess to be fair, he has earned that. Right. I mean, you, you put him up there with the names of the best 
I do of the best U.S. goalkeepers of all time. In in my opinion, he's he he was just as important as Brad Friedel, just as important as Casey Keller. Even I, I include uh, Tony Miola in that bunch. You know, with with kind of the birth of the position and the idea that America produces great goalkeepers that can play on the world stage. Yeah, yeah, that that's right. That's absolutely right. Um, big weekend in Major League Soccer and big weekend for the L.A. clubs. Let's let's uh, let's quickly run through kind of the results over the weekend. I think you and I both thought with how good the engine was revving for the L.A. Galaxy that even traveling across the country, uh, it was going to be a tough task. But I think we both thought they were going to come away with points in that matchup against New York Rebel, and they did not. Uh, how surprised are you by that and the three-two results uh, out there in Harrison? Well, it, it was it was a crazy game. I mean, goals called yes, back. Yes, it was. Goals called back on VAR for both both sides. Um, and you know, Red Bull jumped out to a two-one lead. Goal gets called back. Galaxy find themselves in, in the driver's seat with a two-one lead. Um, the one thing that I took away from this game is. Galaxy went on that great, that fantastic defensive run. And uh, this game, they just seemed a little unsettled defensively. And it, it started with set pieces, and it mainly was um, marking, uh, man marking when the ball was in wide positions for the New York Red Bull. So you, you always have these games uh, throughout a season that kind of highlight where you're, you know, potentially weak and what you need to continue to work on. And so, what happens rogues is, you know, three, you get three, three weeks, two weeks, two games, you have shutouts, you've given up one goal and the focus starts to shift a little bit in training because the coaching staff's always pushing the team and the focus starts to shift to, okay, this is that uh, defensively we've been locked down. Let's take the next step here and try to advance the group into becoming this attacking team. And you kind of forget uh, what got you there. And now you hit the, you have to hit this reset button. Um, I thought you had to give New York Red Bull uh, a lot of credit. Uh, they were scrappy, um, and Antuna had a, a, an opportunity at the end of the game with, with a, a header inside of eight-yard box that hit off the post, um, and it just it was that kind of game. I mean, it was a very close-margin game. Both teams were creating goal-scoring opportunities. I thought Galaxy's uh, uh, performance in, in the attack um, and even in transition – uh, they had good team spirit, um, but but Red Bull just were, were scrappy and and it really the game could have gone either way and in fact the tie probably would have been a more fair result. Uh, I thought indeed when LA took the two one lead through another goal from Zlatan, uh, is it going to become Zlatan and Carlos Vela vying for the uh, Golden Boot this season? If it continues in the trend that it is right now, it so, certainly so. looks it certainly looks that way. Um, and, and, and the fact that, uh, Derek Etienne comes in, in the second half and, and finds a winner, that was the last thing I really expected. Uh, I think I said in last week's podcast, I expected goals in this game. Um, but I, I, again, like you said, when LA takes the lead, uh, even though it's just through the first half of soccer, I expected them to be able to add to it one more time in the second half and, and again, come away with, with points in that matchup. And uh, clearly they did not. But obviously, you know, hey, it's, it's early on in the season. They had put together a great string of results. So to go out there and, and lose a game, I'm sure, is not what the players and not what, what Scalotto wanted. But 
again, the sky is not falling if you're the LA Galaxy. Um, no. Having said that, having said that, DK, I thought going into Saturday night, it was going to be a fantastic opportunity for LAFC to right. put a little right. gap, a little that's separation. It, honestly, that's exactly what I thought. After that result, I was like, uh-oh, a little bit of breathing space here for LAFC. Yeah, and because the Galaxy actually had a game in hand, right? The Galaxy right. were playing their 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 tenth game, I believe it was. Yeah, they were playing their tenth game, and Saturday night LASC was playing their eleventh game of the season. It's probably way too early to start counting games and things like that, but still, I thought, okay, this is an opportunity for LASC to extend it from what was very very tight at the Western Conference, and again for a second straight week with an opportunity, they did not take care of business. No, and and they should have. Uh, we talked to, we talked a little bit about this, Rogues, but you know you're at home against a, a team that is almost waiting to get hurt, right? And when you're in Chicago Fire, to me, they they're coming in and they set up low block. Dax McCarty's running around the park trying to make plays, and LAFC comes storming out of the gate with uh, four good chances in the first 20 minutes of the game. Absolutely. And, and then once you don't convert on one of those, then the, the, everything starts to, to to break down a little bit. And, and Chicago Fire gains a little bit of confidence. They get more comfortable in the system that they're trying to play on the day. And uh, it the, it becomes a little bit of an uphill climb. And then Chicago, you know, they, they created a couple opportunities and couldn't convert themselves. So this could have been one of those games where LAFC – my my projection with it was that they were going to smash them. Um, they they don't get on the board and they could have actually really got hurt this game. And and I, I touched on this last week, but we're we're just getting into the meat and potatoes of the season. And legs are going to get a little bit tired. Some teams are going to pull together some scrappy performances, and that's exactly what you saw from Chicago Fire. And it just reminds you that you know LAFC, if it, you you got to stay focused, nothing's going to be given to you. Um, to me, they're still the probably a, a good distance best team in, in Major League Soccer, um, but you just can't get comfortable. It's probably worth discussing because it comes on the heels of the 1-1 result up in Seattle the weekend before when they played against the Sounders pretty much for 70 minutes of the match up a man and could not find a way uh, to find a game winner. And in both of these matches, the 1-1 in Seattle, Dan, and also this 0-0 with the Chicago Fire at home, Christian Ramirez is in a predominant role as the true number nine in this right. formation under Bob Bradley in the game right. against Seattle. He had some chances in that first 20 minutes you were alluding to against uh, Chicago. He had some golden chances, and on both occasions, he's not putting the ball in the back of the net. And well, and, and it, now, to me, it now. To, to me, it starts to become the question of, does LAFC have to go out and find a true number nine? Well, you have uh, a number 99 that that could probably get the job done, uh, Diamande. If he stays on the field. Right. But Diamande, I mean, this is this is the, the, the good problem that Bob has is that he can rotate. And I would actually, um, after two perform after these two performances in a, in a week in a week's time, I would actually expect there to be some 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 shakeup heading into this week and and maybe see Diamande get another run at it. Um, you have to remember Diamande had a, a, a surgery in the off season, right? Yep. Um, yep. Was it a sport hernia? Exactly. And and, and so you know these things. Um, 
take away from sharpness because you can't you have to monitor your training load and you can't just go okay well now i'm gonna go do finishing um three days a week after practice because i mean that's probably how he got sports hernia um and so you know diamande still could be in this position where he's coming back in in into fitness um and that's why christian ramirez is is getting these these nods i think christian just based on his age um he's a little bit more versatile in terms of uh, speed and ag- agility. Not to say Diamande's slow, but Christian's just a little, a little bit, a little bit sharper. Um, and but this is, you know, as the season ebbs and flows, this is when you have the opportunity to say, hey, fellas, this is a competition. And uh, I would expect that from Bob this week. Well, two things here. So the first thing is you mentioned the the a sports hernia surgery for Diamande. So he that's why he came off the bench or wasn't even available and then came off the bench early on in the season but then he was inserted into the starting lineup played for a couple of matches and then actually it became either a groin or a hamstring so you would know better than i if maybe that is related to the initial right. injury with wear right. and tear comp- compensation then kind of rearing its head so now he misses another month of the season mm-hmm. and now he's finally back available again as a substitute role to your point i think he will be in the starting lineup come this weekend uh, against columbus crew sc but the other thing is is um with ramirez and we discussed it here a couple weeks ago on this podcast is that i feel he is actually becoming more comfortable with vela and rossi and he's knowing what spaces to find but then all of a sudden in a game like this against chicago it seemed like those ideas evaporated, at least from my vantage point. Like all of a sudden, because Chicago made it so you mentioned they they packed they packed it in. They had two lines of two blocks of four right in front from 30 yards and in, especially in that first 30 minutes of the match. So there is no space for Ramirez to run into. Right. And this is where when you become a dominant club in any league, uh, it, it gets more and more difficult as the season goes on because Teams just play a lower block, and those spaces that Vela was finding in behind the defense are just no longer there, right? Chicago sets up very conservatively, and now Carlos has to come inside, underneath, and he can't necessarily break in transition. And so if you remember last year when uh, Atlanta was just tearing through the league at this point, and I think it was uh, Portland went to Atlanta and just basically set up like a Christmas tree. And they yep. had five in the back, four in front of them, and then one forward, and uh, or some f- formation similar to that. And and Atlanta couldn't break them down. And then all these the next three teams that went there just went and, and parked the bus. And Atlanta couldn't break them down. And so you you have you, now the the LAFC system will be tested again because teams are just going to start to adjust to the attacking options they have. And what's important is if LAFC can get that first goal, well, then it forces the other team to come out of their shell and play a little bit. So you, you have to be clinical enough to go and get that first goal. And and LAFC created enough chances to go and win that game against Chicago. There's no doubt about it. There's no, and, and, and if they if they bury probably one or two, it's similar to what we said about Seattle the week before. If If they bury one of those chances in the early going, the match shapes up completely different. Uh, on, on the other side... If you're Chicago, you got to feel really good that you came to Bank of California Stadium. Not only did you hold the highest offensive output team in the league to nothing 
over the course of 90 plus minutes, but you also head back home with a much needed point for a team that still hasn't won on the road. Uh, that's a pretty hefty point to be able to pick up if you're, if you're Panovic's team. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. That's uh, you win, win, win in the sales for, for Chicago and rogues spoiler alert. That's why they are my pick of the week, but, We'll Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> one last bit of news from last. One last bit of news from last week. Uh, the announcement that the MLS All Stars in late July will head to Orlando to take on Atletico Madrid uh, in the matchup. Are you tired of the MLS All Stars just taking on these European clubs? No. Are you okay? Are you okay with it? I'm okay with it. I mean. You know, baseball's tried the, uh, you know, the East versus West, and then it wasn't meaningful, and guys were pulling out. So then they made the East versus West game. Uh, the winner of that game gets to gets to host um, or gets home field advantage in the in the World Series. Um, and it's there, there's no perfect All Star game. And for me, you know, it doesn't even necessarily represent the best performers of of major league soccer it's very much a popularity vote um and but it is a it's a weekend in the middle of the season that you can go and get a bunch of uh marketing around the league uh you give young some young up-and-coming players the opportunity to play against a club like atletico madrid when they're not necessarily um in their peak form so it's a it's a good play a good place and time for those players to test themselves um, and I mean, I was a part of an all-star game against Chelsea after they won the champions league and oh, you were an all-star and it was, uh, <laughs> it, just, just in your eyes. And it was, uh, it was an amazing experience for me personally. So, um, I, I, I like the, I, I don't mind the format at all. Um, it, it may be better reflected if you had, you know, an East versus East versus West setup, but, um, the same time, you know, you don't, you just don't need these players to be getting a bunch of extra minutes anyway. Um, two things that uh, immediately popped to mind there, Dan Kennedy is, uh, folks, number one, Dan Kennedy, uh, number one on the field and also number one in your hearts. <laughs> and, uh, number two is I am tired of it. I am as a, as a person that has covered this league for 15 plus years and is a follower of the league and of the teams, are we just going to keep running through it's and it's not I mean Atletico Madrid is a great team but it's not Barcelona it's not Real Madrid it's not uh you know it's not Liverpool it's not it, I'm I, I how about this take a page out of what the NBA is now doing first of all my complaint is is MLS has enough of a leg to stand on on its own now, Dan, that the the groups of players and the star power that we have in this league is enough. So take a page from the NBA. How about if we had Captain Vela against Captain Zlatan and they got to pick their rosters? That'd be pretty and cool. It, yeah, and then you cool. and and then you roll out the teams. That's that's one thing. And then my other thing is is please, Don Garber, bring back the skills competition. Bring bring, yeah. bring back bring bring back like let's let's and even if you the Zach Thornton if, power kick yes and even <laughs> if you didn't use all stars a la what the NBA does on their Saturday before the Sunday All Star game guys that maybe weren't voted in as All Stars that are you know part of that homegrown game that are really good young players or 
that are good players on their team, but for some reason or another didn't make the all-star all-star uh, vote. They didn't make the cut. Have them come in and do, you know, have a have a bracketology of shootouts. Bring the shootout back. Do you know? Do right. do something. Do something different. Uh, goalie wars. Bring bring oh, like I would love that. Huh? Bring six goal. Bring six goalies out and have them seated in a bracket and have them do goalie wars. You know, first one to three, first one to three, or something like that, and you get last licks. So, you know, it's like I think you could, I think you could build this up into into so much more and so much more excitement because then all of a sudden you have the ability to sell. All right, it's uh, it's goalie wars brought to you by Adidas. You know, and yeah. I mean, I just think that they're all it, this league, this league has enough star power, enough great talent, enough showcasing of its own. That I don't need to bring Atletico Madrid in in their off-season form to come play. Right. That's just my personal yeah. opinion. So yeah, I I I, uh, I love this I love the skill competition uh, concept, and may, you know maybe it's time to test it to your to your point. But you know for for the players that get to experience that weekend against an Atletico Madrid, it's still special. You you still think that these guys they value the opportunity to go out against a, a Euro, European high quality team in the middle of the season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it's, you know better it, than I, I do. Well, no, I mean, I just think it's a cool experience. Um, right. it doesn't mean it's, it, it can't be changed or shouldn't be changed. I just think it's, it's a unique, cool experience. I mean, you've seen now in major league soccer, the, the, um, it, there's not as many summer, uh, friendlies against international clubs. That's back down a little bit. Um, it used to be like Galaxy would play three international friendlies against Real Madrid, Manchester United, and and whomever else they could get, right? But right. now it's maybe maybe one game. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm open to change, but uh, it it is still a, a special experience, and maybe it's just the experience of being an all star. Did you did you like how fired up I just got? Yeah, I, listen, this is <laughs> this is what people are tuning in for, Rogues. Here to have since I am fired up, let's move on to uh, picking some games and talking about what we expect to see. It's, again, an, another busy week for the LA Galaxy with having a midweek contest actually uh, coming up here against Columbus Crew SC. And I didn't even realize it, but uh, Columbus Crew SC gets to do the double against the LA clubs uh, yeah. all in the span of about of about five days. Yeah, that's uh, first a tough week. It is. It is. So first it's uh, the Galaxy out there. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Caleb Porter was in the run before they hired Scalotto. Yeah. Caleb yeah. Porter was actually a name that was being thrown around quite a bit as a possible, uh, replacement to come in and take over the galaxy this past off season. No. Yeah, correct. He's a former roommate of, of Chris Klein's at Indiana university. And he was deep in talks from my understanding with the galaxy. Um, I don't know if it was his opportunity in Columbus, um, or the opportunity for the Galaxy that to sign Scalotto, which came first, I, I do not know. Um, but yeah, he was certainly in the conversation. What are you expecting in the matchup? Uh, well, it's interesting, right? Like Giassi's artist uh, kind of rears his head. He's uh, had such a successful stint at Columbus after what was uh, some complicated times uh, once Bruce Arena left the Galaxy. Um, and he is a, a he's going to be a tricky player for these two center backs to to lock down because Jossie just he attacks the box and he's 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 got some pace to him and he's 
he's uh, pretty decent inside the 18-yard box with his one and two-time two-touch finishing. Um, and Iguain, uh, this guy, it, it, it's funny, Rogues. I mean, Iguain's a player. He just he's not he's not entirely quick or fast. In fact, he he reminds me a lot of Scalotto, the coach for the Galaxy. Um, but he just sees the game so well, quality on set pieces, and can control the tempo uh, for the team. And the possession that Columbus had under Greg Berhalter um, is not it's not quite the same under Caleb Porter. But the quality of players, you can still see it in the way that they play and move the ball. Um, it, it, this is going to be a tough game for the Galaxy. And so your prediction for this game would be? Uh, I think Galaxy actually bounce uh, from from the Red Bull uh, disappointment. And I think this is a 1-1 draw. You just stole my thunder right there. Uh, I am absolutely <laughs> in agree. I am absolutely in agreement with you on both the score line uh, and the outcome as a draw. And I'll tell you why. Uh, Columbus right now are in awful form. They have lost five straight games, uh, coming off of a three-one loss out in D.C. against um, D.C. United, where they didn't even score that goal. It was an own goal from Bill Hamid after it was already three-nothing. I, I do so. I do think Columbus find a way to get one, and I also think that they are going to be really concerned with making sure that they defend and making sure that they make the night difficult for the Galaxy. So, so and, but I still, th- I, I still think LA will find a way to get one as well. So I, I see this right. being a knockdown, dragout affair um, again, and 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 it's a tough, busy, busy, cluttered schedule for the Galaxy right now. It, it is what it is. You have to deal with it. Uh, but I think that it, I, me too. I think that it is a one-one result uh, out there in Columbus for sure. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Okay. Well, it's fine then. Then that then that brings us to the weekend. Yeah. And uh, why don't why don't we stick with the Galaxy first? Yeah. Uh, Saturday they get the luxury of being back home against NYCFC, who comes out to Southern California. Their their lone trip. Uh, out to Southern California on the season because remember they played host to LAFC earlier in the year uh, out at Yankee Stadium. Uh, how do you see that matchup going for uh, the Galaxy and NYCFC? Well, NYCFC had such a slow, lethargic start to the season. They've they've now started to come in into form a little bit. Um, coming off a two 0 win in Montreal, uh, they they. I, and the fact that Galaxy have a midweek game in Columbus, this is a this is a tricky game. But I th- I think the one thing that the Galaxy have captured this year that they haven't had in the past two is some confidence at, at home at Dignity Health Sports uh, Park. Um, mm-hmm. And and I, I I think that that confidence, you know, they're getting comfortable winning at home. So I'm going to say Galaxy two one victory. Okay. Victory. Okay. okay. That's right. That's right. Uh, I too agree that they will win, but I and I agree uh, where I disagree is on the scoreline. I actually think that uh, that shutout and defensive form will be back intact. So I actually like the Galaxy by a score of two to nothing in that game, um, and I see it because there will be some frustration boiling over for the Galaxy from traveling out to Columbus and just the one-one result and the nature of the game. I, I, like I'm expecting the crew to try and muck up the game to try and bog down the galaxy in this game. And and more, I think LA, LA will have the bulk of the chances 
but yes, I think Giassi's artist could be a guy that could slip through and all of a sudden I could see him scoring first for Columbus and the Galaxy finding a way to get maybe a second half response again to that ends 1-1. And then in the game against NYCFC, they've got a couple of good players. Matrito, the, the yeah, the, is good. He would be the, the the one guy that's at the you know at the top of the list for me, and he can be explosive with the ball at his feet, but it's just not going to be enough for me. It's just not going to be enough. Uh, I don't. And again, in Major League Soccer, you know, it is tough to win on the road. Mm-hmm. And although we've seen that trend buck in the opposite direction, where road teams have actually had some success over the last couple of weeks, but I think uh, I like LA Galaxy to the tune of a two nothing win. Um, so let's move on to LA. That's a good week. That's a good that week. That is a good week. That is a good week. Uh, LAFC, they will be out there at uh, in Columbus, Ohio, and in their lone meeting of the season with the crew. Now, they put it on the crew pretty good at Bank of California Stadium last week. And given the way that it has been uh, tough sledding and not the results that Bob Bradley has really been looking for the last two outings, I like LAFC to get back – on winning form. And and I say that because I just can't see them going three straight matches without a win. That's just not the best team in the league right now. So uh, I'm going to call it a 2-1 win for LAFC out there in Columbus. Uh, well, I'm going to take it a step further and say it's going to be a 2-0 win out there in Columbus for LAFC. The I woes, like that we have some the, different the woes, I like the woes that. For, for Columbus continue. Um, okay. And... It's only a, a matter of, I think, a little bit of confidence and facing, you know, maybe two of the best three or four teams in the league in the Galaxy and, and LAFC in a condensed week. Um, I actually think uh, uh, Guzman, the the player that was just traded to, to Columbus uh, from Portland, will get in, thrown into the lineup. Um, and sometimes that doesn't always translate well, right, because you have a centerpiece to your team now. Um, but no one's played with them before. Um, so yeah, this is, uh, this is going to be a tricky week for Columbus, unfortunately. And and I'll take LAFC for two, nothing back to back to winning ways. I like it that we have a a little bit of variety in our opinions in terms of score lines, because that certainly helps. Uh, by the way, if you were with us last week and you jotted down our scores, I feel bad for you because it was the first time in 10 weeks of this podcast that Dan, <laughs> Dan, Kennedy, and, Dan Kennedy and I have actually pooped in the diaper. And um, a little, you know, daddy reference there. Uh, so now we go to our wild card picks. And only because you're trailing in the standings, that also means uh, that you get the opportunity to pick first. For those keeping track at home, we appreciate you doing that. Uh, Dan is still trailing by a five-point margin following both of us having a horrendous O for week uh, in week 10. Well, I, I'm I'm going directly to the coach that is uh, in the hottest seat in Major League Soccer, and that's Brad Friedel with uh, New England uh, Revolution. Um, after taking a, a shellacking from, from Philly, they now have to head to Chicago. Uh, I think Chicago, as we, as we touched on, have some wind in their sails. And, um, for me, they'll, they'll beat new England. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say two, one, I think it'll be a, a good, a good game. Cause I think new England will have to bounce too and, and get some, get some response, but, um, not looking good for Friedel and, and this new England, uh, revolution team so far this season um and you just have to wonder 
uh, after last season, they were just mediocre. Um, New England's not a, a team that historically invests in their side, but I imagine Friedel's feeling some pressure. And, and Rogues, uh, you remember the quotes he had a, a couple weeks oh, ago about the mentality do, of, of his players, you know, of the players in this league. Um, this is when players start to say, you know, screw you <laughs> right uh when right. things go bad i mean i've taken 6-1 drubbings before um and it, it it's a it's a real confidence kicker so if you weren't with us a few weeks ago and we discussed it here on the believe sports podcast network it was the fact that brad Friedel talked about it not meaning enough for his players and uh it wasn't uh, that they don't they don't have to deal with going out in the streets after getting crushed in a game and people wanting to throw stones at them and and you know you know uh, put graffiti on their cars and things like that as would be the case in in European cities South American cities when the passion for a team is so high that uh, you know people can't live with the fact that a team is on a losing streak. Um, so you're going with a little midweek action. I actually do like that pick. I like Chicago, uh, especially given what they did at the weekend, getting a point out in Southern California, going back home. Uh, I do, li- I do like that pick. Uh, and I-, I thought initially when you mentioned the Revs, I thought you were going to go to to the weekend's game when the Revs will actually be at home against San Jose. Um, but I'm going to stay away from from both of those games. <laughs> I'm going to stay and, away uh, from San Jose in general. Yes, I am going to go to uh, follow up on the surprise result that Atlanta United got against Sporting Kansas City. Ooh. And Atlanta Atlanta will be back at home on Sunday, and they will take on uh, Orlando City. So I think uh, Atlanta has – I'm not going to say they've found something, but I think that they're starting to uh, stir the drink a little bit and figure out exactly whether it's DeBoer's doing and, hey, this is where I want to put guys and this is how I want you to do it. Now you're understanding my system. Probably not as much of that. I think it's more the players saying, listen, we got to figure this out ourselves. Uh, We were the defending MLS Cup champs and we had something last year. Yes, we have some new faces and we're missing some guys that were a huge part of that championship run, but we also still do have a guy that set the mark for most goals in an MLS season in Joseph Martinez. So, I like Atlanta United at home against Orlando City uh, with a 2-1 scoreline in that game. What do you think? Well, I think that's a tricky match. Um, Orlando have actually put some some results together. They've had some defensive uh, miscues, blunders um, that have hurt them. Uh, and so, you know, they're they're uh, they're an opponent that um, they they can they can hurt you. They got some. They got some talent in their squad. And uh, what the heck is going on in Kansas City? Um, I know. In, in order for in order for them to lose, I mean, this is so uncharacteristic of a sporting Kansas City team. Um, I think Atlanta, to your point, has the advantage of being back home. It's going to be on Big Fox. There'll be a bunch of people there. Uh, in fact, if they don't win. If they don't win this game, then DeBoer is going to be sitting right next to Brad Friedel in the hottest seats in Major League Soccer. But yeah, maybe Kansas City is something we should talk about, Rogues. Uh, it's the, it, 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 the fact the, they lost at home in that manner is what surprises me the most. I, right. If you're on the road, again, it's tough to win on the road sometimes in MLS. If you're on the road, that's a different story. But the fact that they lose three nothing at home, right? And it's uh, it's just. You just don't see that from Peter Vermees' teams, and they're missing Matt Beasler, and I understand he's a big piece of that team, but 
Um, they've just kind of hit the stumbling blocks here. And uh, I'll be interested to watch them uh, play at DC United because it just doesn't it just doesn't get any easier for them. Uh, do you think it maybe just to, to get a little more insight on? Do you think it is a little CCL hangover? Well, that's what we saw with with Toronto, right? Uh, Toronto won the won the MLS Cup, CCL hangover big time, couple key injuries. And then momentum shift, and they just couldn't they couldn't get it going. And the hole was too, the hole was too deep to climb out of. That's right, that's right. And and I we did it. I did a game last year in Toronto talking to Michael Bradley, and uh, I don't know, it must have been mid July, and he was like, "Listen, we got plenty of time. We're going to be a playoff team. We're not worried about it. We just got to start getting some results." And um, you know, September rolls around, and it was too little, too late. So uh, yeah, Kansas City going to need to scrap a little bit here. And I think, uh, you know, when you when in continuing that that theme, uh, I think then when you look at the Atlanta team that went there and got the win three nothing there, uh, that's going to give them a pretty good boost of confidence to come back home. It's been their struggle so far early this season. I mean, I think everyone was surprised. I think they only have one home win. I'd have to double check, but I believe they only have one home win and they got that in the last couple of weeks. Right. Um they just have too much talent to be to be struggling the I way agree. They, they have. I, I agree. But you know, and it's 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 just the way it's it's the way that momentum shifts, and that's where the galaxy's interesting. Is LAFC? I I, I just I, I believe in in the players that they have and the roster that's been constructed. That it's just the deepest maybe in the league, and they're proving that. Um, the galaxy are just, are a little thinner than that. And so if they get in this rut of, of performances uh, like New York, where they actually perform well, but they don't get anything out of it, um, the confidence drops a little bit. And then uh, things become a little bit more difficult game in and game out. And you're not just kind of riding the, the sales of, of Ibrahimovic. Um, and by the way, you got to keep that guy fit because he is uh, he, he, he's just so such an integral part of that team. As we've discussed before, the trickle-down effect with when he plays well, uh, all it seems like all the other guys around him start to feed off that, and then you know they they have that much more swagger going when it comes to stepping out on the field and producing results like like Scalotto is looking for them to do. Right, right. So, all right. So we got uh, we got the one-one results in the midweek against the Crew for the Galaxy. We both think that the Galaxy will beat NYCFC, different score lines. Uh, we both think that LAFC will beat the crew on the weekend. And then your wild card pick is the fire in a 2-1 win against the Rebs here in the midweek. And mine is a uh, Sunday result for Atlanta United at home against Orlando City by a 2-1 scoreline. A lot to look at, a lot to keep track of on the weekend. Uh, any big, Any big plans for the weekend here? Uh, we big Mother's Day weekend, buddy. We got my we got oh. we got Mama Kennedy coming into town. Okay. Um, so you know, wine them, dine them, and 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 make sure they have a good make sure they have a good time. Um, and unfortunately, uh, I can't make it to the to the Galaxy game on Saturday, uh, because uh, we are going out to uh, Marietta to go to my my grandfather's ranch. So we are uh, yeah, we got a busy one. It's gonna be fun. Oh. Uh-huh. Kids are going to, Archer's going to be just roaming out there. He's going to oh, love yeah. it, right? Oh, yeah. Just feeding horses. Yeah, it's going to be fun. 
It's gonna be fun. Uh, I too, I too, um, will have uh, the mothers and my mother-in-law over here in uh, our, our place here in South Orange County. And uh, but I do have a busy Saturday. Uh, I have, I'm excited. I'm excited. I have the morning duties for the Borussia Dortmund game on oh, FS1. Yeah. Oh yes. yeah. Oh yeah. So what? Uh, Although they really, really let it go by getting the 2-2 result this past weekend against uh, Werder Bremen. So the, mm-hmm. the gap and the ability to close with limited match days remaining in the Bundesliga for, for Borussia Dortmund to close that gap against Bayern Munich is a very small window. But it should be a really good game. Uh, what a goal from Pulisic, by the way, in uh, this last this weekend. Kid, this kid is special. Yeah, he is. He is. So uh, it's uh, them taking on uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf, which uh, came off with a 1-1 result on the weekend and then uh, I'm off for a little double dip doing uh doing the LAFC game on YouTube TV so and then it. on to Mother's Day you know a little mimosa Mother's Day I think on, right. on Sunday will be <laughs> will be well right. well earned you know <laughs> well earned well good luck right, on the DK. calls this weekend buddy enjoy uh, enjoy week 11 of major league soccer we'll uh, we'll look for you tonight on um on the Galaxy broadcast Yep. Spectrum Sports Center and the Galaxy's broadcast uh, against Columbus Crew SC. And then uh, and then have a great weekend. A happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Couldn't do it without all of you. And uh, on behalf of everyone uh, here at the Believe Sports Podcast Network, keep it right here. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week with more uh, great LAFC, LA Galaxy, and MLS content. We gone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.